Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Bulldogs Fans Podcast. I'm Scott and I'm joined by Matt. How are you, buddy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, not too bad, man. Not too bad after another loss. Um, yeah, well, might have been another loss, but it was the best attacking performance by the Bulldogs all year. Getting 22 points against the Tigers, against the mm. second last West Tigers. We can put that in a positive, but I can throw a negative straight at you. The West Tigers missing apparently more than 10 of their top 30 players were unavailable for that game as well. <laughs> so take with yeah. that what you will. Take with that what you will. We scored the most points, but the West Tigers were very depleted. There was a very depleted West Tigers side. Yeah, and really it was only one half of a performance, wasn't it? Really? Um, just mm-hmm. the second half. So uh, we'll, 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 we'll just jump straight into it. Uh, overall, pretty disappointing though, right? Like um, that first half. And Yeah, let's just dive straight into it, mate. That first half, we look like, and I tweeted this, we look like we didn't want to be there. Mm. We looked well, like we were mentally drained. We looked like we, it was raining. It was, you know, an old ground that... Um, you know, not modern standards. I don't know if it was a combination of a whole bunch of different things, but we definitely looked like we did not want to be there um, in that first 40 minutes. And it was one of the lowest intensity in our real games I've seen this year, unfortunately. Uh, and it looked relatively easy for the second largest team in the competition to rack up points against us in that first half. I want to actually... Yeah, well, I agree because... <laughs> It, Gus, the way we treated this and the way we found out when Mick Potter was the coach after Teamless Tuesday, so Mick Potter had no say in what the team really looked like until, like, you know, like, you couldn't name his squad. Uh, he had to name the squad of what he had. Um, then, though, I think his real test of coaching came at halftime. He only had really, like, one session with the team before this game. So the way Gus was when Barrett was quit from the club yeah and then we'll find out you know tuesday wednesday or it was like you find out tuesday wednesday who your head coach is going to be and we'll just get through to this game yeah that was kind of like the attitude they played with like we're just here we got here that's enough you know what i mean for that first 40 minutes what did big potter say to them at halftime i don't know but it, i got a reaction it was we're all coming back pretty good we look likely of potentially like you know winning it in the second half until the Aram shop Dangerous, dangerous tackle. I was going to say spear tackle, but it wasn't really a spear. Dangerous tackle with Max yeah. King on top and Aaron Shop, and then Aaron Shop putting, being put 10 in the bin. We really made them pay when Jackson Hastings was off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then um, we'll come and ho- we'll come home strong. It looked, I didn't know if we're going to win it, but it was, looked like it was going to be one of those grandstand finishes at one stage. It looked like it had the potential to be it. Then Aaron Shop, dangerous tackle. Then he gets sin binned, and then that was just enough for the Tigers. Yeah, that that was the that was the end of the game. It did get exciting there for a minute as a Bulldogs fan in that second half when we were, you know, charging back into the game. But as you said, that Silbin really hurt us. I disagree with the Silbin, uh, to be honest. I believe it should have just been a penalty. Yes, he was lifted. Yes, he was put in a put beyond the horizontal. However, uh, he landed in the middle of his back. I think it was a reaction because it looked sensational. All four players falling to the ground at once and that was the real reason why he was binned um but yeah that that finished us off but i don't know well you can't really blame that decision when you put in 40 minutes like that can you so no if you play 40 half. minutes like that if it was 40 minutes and it was tight and it was 
both teams giving their all yeah. and then that need... decision happens, you could toss it up. However, yeah. I must must say, do you reckon the Leichhardt crowd had enough something to do with that? With yeah, possibly. Possibly, and that's that's the home ground advantage, right? And while we're on the crowd, fifteen over fifteen thousand in those conditions for second larks versus larks, West Tigers fans take a bow. How good was that? Um, and the six pm kickoff. Oh, <laughs> so, there you go. I was about to say that. Go. I was about to go yeah. mention the six pm kickoff because awesome I don't. Crowd. I think fifteen thousand and six pm kickoff on a sunny twenty five degree day when yeah, it's enormous. And, and look, that was a really awesome crowd, and. Um, I'd like to say it was because it was two Sydney teams and the Bulldogs contributed, but there wasn't much blue and white in the, in the stands, to be fair. So, well done, West Tigers fans, on that. Um, but, yeah. It's the first time we've played two... since 98. Yeah, I, I was and surprised. And against the first by... time against the West Tigers, too. Yeah, I was surprised, but obvi- yeah, obviously. <laughs> oh, well, I was um, sure people... Yeah, yeah. Um, it was main. When, when I heard that before kickoff, I was surprised by that. Uh, I was surprised I didn't know that. It's crazy. Um... Also, if you're a New South Wales Cup fan, we'll talk about that game in a little bit. Well, I will at least because it was on uh, NSWRL TV. Uh, first senior game the Kitheri Banks and Bulldogs have played at Lidcombe Oval since 1986. So, broken a couple go. of droughts. There we go. <laughs> By the weekend. Um, however, uh, back to the NRL. <laughs> um, We've got to fix up those missed tackles, mate, and we've got to um, do something about the discipline, uh, especially that first half. It felt like we we're just bringing the West Tigers out of their own half or all forty minutes. Mm, yeah, it looked like, especially the first half to me, Jackson Hastings, the Tigers, he just looked like two steps ahead of everyone. He just looked like it almost looked like at some stages that it was he was playing like a flag game against us. And he was yeah. the superstar. He just knew that where we were going to stand defense, some of his just very slight passing, getting Tigers over the line and him being involved in everything. It just looked like, you know, he's was he was bullying us. He was teasing us. He shouldn't be in, be playing that level. Yeah, he, he's a felt re- like that's what it felt like watching it. He's a really good half, isn't he? Um and probably you know, he was a teller to Junior why he was in the NRL, but he wasn't anywhere near as good as that when he left. Um so people that don't believe, you know, Super League clubs can, can develop players, then have a look at Jackson Hastings. Because, yes, he was talented when he went over there, but the skills that he's displaying now in the NRL, he defined those and learnt those um, over in the Super League. Yeah, learned the craft of the halfback. Because he was always a 5'8 before. Mm. And then he he was signed as the halfback. And that was, like, the risky for Salford originally. Yeah, and there you go. But it's not the Jackson Hastings podcast. But I do actually want to make a special <laughs> shout out to another Tigers player who was formerly a Bulldog who came on the off the interchange bench, Farmu Brown, who hasn't played an NRL game in three years. Uh, I was waiting for that. I was waiting for this, mate. I I, I was even wondering if he'd make an appearance as old dog. <laughs> oh yeah, it was almost. No, but it was a very good story. Um, it felt like he had a few opportunities with the Bulldogs. Some he. Didn't, you know, put his hands on, or there'll be games where he would be killing at New South Cup. He even played a New South Cup game at fullback where he won man of the match for the Bulldogs, but dislocated his shoulder at the end of the game, like right at the end. But he, every time he felt like he was getting somewhere for the, or like, you know, with the cup and really dominating with New South Cup and really yeah. pushing, claiming for a spot, if it was a bench spot as a utility or if it was, you know, trying to push for a 
a genuine hooker or half spot, he would always seem to get injured. And then when he left the Bulldogs as New South's Cup player of the year, he did that severe foot injury where they told him to retire. He took a year off and then he went over to uh, Featherstone in the championship, which is the le- the, the league under the Super League. Mm-hmm. Killed it there as hooker and 5'8". Then got the train and trial deal with North Sydney Bears. Wasn't getting the game time at North Sydney. Like, he wasn't even getting the game time. Oh, so got the train and trial at the Roosters, playing at North Sydney Bears, sorry. Was playing off the bench. In some games, he was only getting 10, 15 minutes. Sometimes he was getting more. And then he got offered a position with the, the West Tigers, guaranteeing more minutes than cup. That was it. He was in the top 30, but more minutes than cup was the main guarantee for him to jump across. And then... Just a couple of weeks into the Tigers, he's already playing off the interchange bench and he scored a double. Yeah. Second try was a bit questionable, though. Um, I must yeah. say that. Um, Steve Turner apparently was that was the most interesting thing of the night, I think, was when uh, Steve Turner convinced everyone it was a held up <laughs> and even had the players lining up for play the ball with the referee not even going to the bunker. Yeah. But it was uh, good to see him back. He defied the odds of being an. Yeah, I, I knew you would have enjoyed that. Uh, disappointing they got two tries against us and um, we're talking not that long ago about Matt Frawley coming back to haunt us now. Fahomu Brown pretty much yeah. doing the same thing. It's just, a, it's just a great story of never giving up and you know sometimes being told that you can't do anything. Mm. You know, it can't be done. You know, if you put your mind to it. Yeah, it's, it's It can fantastic. be achieved. So it was fantastic to see, except, yeah, like you said, two tries against us. Um, really pushed the game away from us when he got on the fi- like got on the field. He didn't miss a beat. He played really good for him as well. Yeah. How about we uh, jump into our points list? You got you got anything else to say about that disappointing loss? No, just more praise about Big Brown. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the points list uh, going from top to bottom, like always. Yeah. On our kickstart. Well, I've gone with three points uh, to a player who I feel like has been a little bit disappointing this year. Mm. Um. I think he'll be the first to admit that he wasn't living up to his standards, but I feel like it was his by far his best game. And I've gone to Vita Pengai Jr. off the interchange bench, named in the second row, got pushed to the she so got pushed to the bench by Joe Stimson. He played 56 minutes off the bench, 15 runs, 140 meters, 64 post contact meters, a tackle break, a line break assist, one offload, 30 tackles, and a try assist. Mm-hmm. Corey three. Points. I thought, you know, I think that might be his position. I think, uh, yeah, I think bringing this up again, Barrett had the right idea limiting his game time. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know if this was Mick Potter's call, um, because it's very hard to tell on if Mick Potter had a feeling, you know, starting him off the interchange bench to bring some um punch off the bench, but I feel like he delivered, uh, he did everything he could probably do for a Bulldogs victory. Yeah, I've always been a fan of him playing in the middle. I think I've, mm-hmm. I mentioned that in the off-season uh, when we were talking about our predictions and where people would play. I, I'd always wanted him to um, to play in that middle. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree that that's his position. However, I went a different way. My three points, I went to Jeremy Marshall King. Uh, I thought in the second half he was one of the better players, especially when we are making our comeback. Uh, over 100 running metres as well. Uh, seeing him run out of dummy half is his best attribute as a hooker. Uh, and that's where I went. <laughs> well, I went two points with Jeremy Marshall King for the exact same reason. But without, you know, 
hitting stats. It was a very good news story to see Zach Docker Clay make his debut for the Bulldogs. Yeah, it's at, a bit of a... At the age of 27? Yep. And it was also good to see Raymond Fatale-Marino back. We were highlighting Fabio Brown. Well, it was good to see him back. It was, it was great to see Raymond Fatale-Marino back. Um, Zach Docker Clay came on and played lock, I think, to begin with. Came mm. on, Marshall King was still on the field. I was very surprised by that. Thought he was going to be the, the backup hooker, and he did end up moving towards there. Uh, I don't know if that was a waste, a little bit. Um, very small, small body in the middle of the field there, Zach Docker Clay. Yeah, I wonder if it was because how good Marshall King was playing, and he was bringing us back in the game. Yeah, possibly. Might have changed, might have changed the plans. Might have been, you know, originally putting him on for the final 15 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, or final twenty. And then next minute, how could you take? Sometimes you can't take someone off when they're in. When it's keep making breaks, like you said, over hundred meters for a hooker is insane. Mm. So righty. Yep, and uh, for me, the two points uh, went to Matty Burden. Um, I think every time we do something good in an attack, he's involved in it somewhere. Uh, Get his kicker game was kicked for for a large amount of meters again. I think it was over four hundred meters off memory. So. Um, Matty Burden uh, gets my two points, and I'm going to jump in first with the one point, Scotty. I've gone uh, Jacob Carraz. I thought uh, he had a few hiccups throughout the game. However, he got his first try in the NRL, and also um, I feel like everything he just does is is class. The way he was competing for balls, the way he was bringing balls back and competing all the way through. I don't think you could do a 3-2-1 and leave Jacob Carraz off the list. And I agree with you because he's my one point as well. Um, but I must say, when I saw Josh had a car out this week with the flu mm. and Jacob Crow's in, I thought there'd be a bit of a drop in quality. But Caraz delivered. Yeah. And he did, He did. I felt like, you know, a couple of little handling errors early or uh, tackling a player in the air while trying to catch the ball, I thought it was a little bit hard done by one of the calls against him. But he did everything his power. He stood up nicely. And I think uh, we're recording this one a little bit earlier this week again, two weeks in a row. Yeah. Our podcast. We don't have a team list in front of us. Um, if you're listening to it, it's recorded on a Monday night. I think he's done enough with Adokar coming back into the side. The Jack- Jacob Carraz, sorry. Uh, surely Eva gets the other wing spot of Jaden Ockenball or takes the center spot of Jake, Jake Avrilo. He's yeah. done enough for me to. He's got to be somewhere in that lineup, and I was a bit worried that because you know he debuted at center, and you, some players, you know, you know how you think, oh, they can play center, they can play wing. I thought he yeah. might not have been involved as much, but he was involved, so I'm happy for him to take either the other wing spot or push into push onto the other side and take Avrilo's spot. Yeah, and he's he's killing it in wing, uh, in at wing in uh, New South Cup, so. No issues there. No issues at all. And I like them trying things. Like um, that kick, crossfield kick burden to Karaz. Like it didn't yes. come off, but I'd rather them take a shot. Uh, and especially oh. the last couple of years watching the Bulldogs, there's been times where we haven't taken shots. So I've got to say, um, whoever's coaching them to do that, or if it's just the players, well done. Because um, at least, you know, from a from a fan's point of view, and I'm not saying they, they ever stop trying, but you can see that they're trying new things, and, and that's always good. Um, yeah, can I add to that as well? Like, yeah, go go. With that, was actually a good 
good thing you brought up. It was just the bounce of the ball went sideways. It went out. It, uh, if it a bit high. Probably, it, yeah. But if it was our year, or, you know, sometimes when it's, your, when it's your day, that just bounces up perfectly or bounces in. But also, when we try those things, because the West Tigers jammed up and Matt Burton saw a jamming line and kicked it, when we do it and it doesn't pay off, it actually yeah. makes the, the opposition think twice if should they, you know, compress their line for a kick across again later because who says they're not going to do it again or do you play with a more stretch line? Yeah, it, it's it's Ever. like anything. It's like showing shape out to the um, out to the edges three times before you take that, that option to set the defence up. Same sort of thing you're going out there. Uh, but yeah. absolutely, it's great. And hopefully, um, like you said, we haven't got the team list for next week. Um, however... There's a there's a trend in rugby league that when a coach gets fired, the the following week, um, the following week the team bounces back with a win. Now I don't know if we could count last week because you had two and a half days, <laughs> Michael Potter, and more so, of the flu as well. So we're going to remain positive and uh, hope that it happens this week uh, against the Dragons at Belmore on Sunday, uh, which which should be a great occasion. But just to give a uh, update on the Player of the Year awards because we just finished our three two ones. Uh, Matt Burden's leading on nineteen points. Paul Vaughan, who hasn't uh, polled for a couple of couple of weeks now, uh, on sixteen points. Josh Hadakar and Jeremy Marshall King tied third spot, ten points, and tied in fourth. It's Max King, Braden Burns, Matt Dufty, and Kyle Flanagan on seven, uh, and then a host of other players below. Nice. That's. Oh, I reckon make a run this week. There's a, there we go. He'll close. He'll close the gap and uh, close the gap and chase yeah. down first. Uh, but we, like you said, we do have the Dragons Sunday afternoon, two p.m. kickoff, Belmore Sports Ground. It's you've, our one game a year. We go to Belmore. We're versing the Dragons this year. Uh, it's been we haven't actually versed a, a bigish. Well, I should say Dragons are a big Sydney club. We've been avoiding this. However, due to probably the recent years of our performances, poor, yeah. poor performance, not just poor performances alone in um, the season, our overall mm. poor performance at Belmore, our poor record at Belmore is probably playing a part into it. Because I think if we could, if for whatever reason we had like an 80% win rate there, it would just be a yeah. game. People would just pack out anyway because they would almost think like we just win that. It almost doesn't matter who we verse. So we're versing the Dragons because we're trying to make sure it gets close to a sellout. Yeah, let's hope so. Two and o'clock as well. The dragons. Oh, Hopefully, just... it's a bit dry. <laughs> oh, I was just seeing some of the news. Don't know the exact number, but Sydney has copped more wet days this year than actually sunny days. There you go. Than dry days. So, um, looking at an early thing, apparently that's the next sunny day. Sunday afternoon. Looking at it very, very early though. So please, again, this has been recorded on Monday, so it's almost a week out before kickoff for that game. And you know, you sometimes can't even look twenty-four hours ahead, let alone the week ahead. Um, Yeah, it'd be nice. So I was gonna say it'd be nice. The sunshine, blue sky, Belmore. You know, fifteen plus thousand would be ideal for the occasion. Um, Dragons have been playing quite alright, so I'd expect a. A decent contingent of the Dragons fans to be there. They yeah. won a few games 
and they're pushing for a top eight spot. So I expect a few Dragons fans to be there, and they're probably well, they should be favourites. But like you said, first time Mick Potter's got a full week of coaching, so it's almost his first actual game this week, and see if there's any changes or anything that he's going to implement this week that could cause an upset at Belmore. Absolutely. And you know what's happening before the NRL game at Belmore, Scotty? It is the New South Cup game at Belmore. And last week, the Bulldogs had a huge win over the Western Suburbs Maypies, 42 points to nil. Uh, did you manage to find time to watch this one? No, I had no idea it was on TV until after the fact. It's on LSWRL TV on Facebook. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I watch on Facebook Watch. Uh, I don't know if it's on YouTube or not, but... Yeah, uh, great that those games are made available, or some of those games are made available. Um, and Western Suburbs are a team that are struggling uh, quite a lot. So take what you will out of it. Uh, and the Bulldogs have won only two of the past five leading into that game. Uh, but to be able to watch them play again, I'll just give you a couple of my thoughts, Scotty, and we can go from there. Maybe a couple of predictions about uh, players that might might want to look out for in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And I'll start off with the one um, that's made a bit of bit of noise uh, today on social media that I've seen. Uh, Jackson Torpenny, he ran for over 200 metres. Uh, him and his combination with Brandon Wakeham um, on that right-hand edge at Lidcombe uh, caused Western Suburbs all sorts of issues um, down there. Torpenny also got a try of his own. Uh, Brandon Wakeham, seven from seven goals, two, uh, but he looked he looked really good. And nice half pairing, I thought, between Brandon Wakeham at seven and Bailey Biondiodo playing 5-8. Um, that seems to come along really, really well as well. I was a bit disappointed in uh, Isaac Lumi Lumi. He thought he was a bit quiet. However, he was on the left wing and all the ball did seem to be going down the right. Uh, when you got Torpley going off like that, uh, that's where you go. Um, uh, and yeah, and that right-hand winger, uh, Eli Clark, got a try as well. Although Isaac Lumi Lumi did score as well. So not not a totally poor game, but uh, I just wanted to see him, from my perspective, be a little bit more involved, coming in for more runs, really pushing, you know, for that first-grade spot. Because um, mm. he's he's played for Melbourne in the NRL really well previously. Um, he's eligible now as well. Yeah, yep, absolutely. And Wakeham, seven from seven, just his goal-kicking mate might make him <laughs> in line to come into the top grade because Flanagan's not kicking. We've speculated uh, about that why before. Uh, Matt Burden's kicking at about 50% in the career um, or 50% for the season or less for his career or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, and that was pretty poor. Uh, Josh Cook, and I've heard um, – mixed reports of his performances this year in the New South Wales Cup, and I've seen some games where he hasn't been maybe as um, as involved as he should, but I thought he had a really good game at Lidcombe. Again, remember, guys, we played against um, the Magpies, and I'll just quickly check for you, but they are quite low on the table. They're last. So <laughs> there you go, just just below uh, Blacktown. So take all this with with that in mind but josh cook i thought played quite well as well um and curtis morin off the bench he got a try um really interesting really darty type player around the ruck so uh that was quite good to see as well um predictions for players performing in that game coming up to the nrl i feel like we might actually see jackson torpenny play this week sorry Okay, yeah. So I'm expecting him to play against the Dragons in the NRL. 
this week. Um, always Name been a big this... fan of him. Um, and had a huge game against the Magpies. He was actually named against the Tigers. Mm. In, in both NRL and New South Wales Cup. Or Mag- West Tigers NRL. Western Suburbs. Magpies. New South Wales Cup before the week. And then Raymond Fratale and Mariner ended up taking his spot. Yeah. So I don't know what the goal was with that or um, if there's indication that, you know, put a good performance in and that he's in. But I've I've been a big fan, such a big fan of him. I thought he would have started the season somewhere in the 17. Absolutely. Um, so I would love yeah. to see him back in top grade. And the other player that I thought um, might have a chance is I've already mentioned him but um Brandon Wakem. Um I don't know. Um I'd still like to see I don't I'm not don't get me wrong guys, I'm not wanting Kyle Flanagan to be removed from the team. However, he's not goal kicking. If he is injured uh, and he's carrying something, um maybe it might be best for him to have that recover. So he can come back off or so, yeah. be uh, fully fit and we might see Brandon Wakem some point in the next couple of weeks, he looks like he's playing really good form. And what I will say is I've said this probably a year or two. Well, no, not two. A year ago. Bailey Bioliota, he's a 5'8". Mm-hmm. Plays his best football at 5'8". Um, I don't think we should be t- trying to turn him into a hooker. Well, I wonder if it was... <laughs> bring up this... I wonder like, if it's part of that... You know, Brent Sean talked about earning your apprenticeship. In our role, and here he spoke about playing hooker off the interchange bench and then getting yep. demoted back into reserve grade. And not because you did anything wrong, it's so you can actually play a couple of games in your actual preferred position. Or, mm-hmm. and then even he spoke about even playing on the wing in New South Cup as a part of his apprenticeship. Yep. Um, and then getting the half spot, then he was going so well, he was playing you know halves and hooker off the bench for the Bulldogs for a little bit before you know, getting demoted and then talking about like, you know, he wasn't dropped because it wasn't poor performance. That's what mm. dropped me. He was put back down there because so he could actually play a full game of football as well. Like it was to give him the 80 minutes. Yeah, I get your point, but I, I feel like the difference between these two situations is that we're putting players and hooker out of not having enough hookers, not having hooker depth, then yeah. trying to give them some time in the top grade to learn their craft. Um, I'd like to see him just playing, even if he's playing 5-8 for the next 12 months, in reserve grade. Just to let him really go. Just for his overall. He he even scored a a try. His try against the Magpies was a chip of chase, a la Jack Madden. Okay. So, yeah, over the top of a West Tiger, uh, chip of chase himself and over on the try line. So, um, yeah, I've I've just watching him play this World's Cup, it sort of reminded me that, you know, he is, he's a really good um, 5'8". Could we... Um, I just lost what I thought with Bailey Beyond the Odo. I was going to... don't know where I was going with that. Could... <laughs> um, I don't know, maybe... Could we... Well, I mean, we potentially might see him... If Matt Burton gets picked in origin at centre, I don't think he's the front runner at centre, but we could see him play an arrow game in a, in a, in a, in a bit over a week. Better be under five eight if that happens. Just if Matt Burton gets selected in Origin. Yeah, maybe. Possibly. Um, alrighty. Teamers. Oh, 
Have you got any team news, Scotty? Nothing really. It'd be in, you're just coaching speculation. Um, yep. It just it keeps going. I was just going to say the the New South Cup kicks off at 11:30 at Belmore Sports Ground on Sunday. You said it was on. It's against yep. the Dragons as well, um, which is which yeah, is awesome. I'm, the I'm... jersey flag, by the way, <laughs> believe it or not, we we're meant to play. F- Five o'clock on Saturday, which was after the New South Cup against the West Tigers at Lubecombe Oval. Yeah, not lighting was poor. <laughs> Kicking off a five o'clock game, and I'm just today. I I've gone past Lubecombe Oval. I don't know how to a few times on the train, on the train line there at yeah. Lubecombe. Um, I haven't really paid too much attention to the light, the light towers, or if they have. Yeah, the light towers. Got a couple of light towers around there, but they're not, they're very old. <laughs> they're yeah. very old. Well, yep. just saying, like, get there was a bit of, there was a fair bit of rain around. You want to play the cup, but maybe it could have been potential if you prioritize the cup, which I'm happy for. Nishas, I know Nishas Rugby League is probably a combination of everything, but you would have potentially thought if they wanted to prioritize, sorry, Nishas Cup being played, um, could make sure the ground doesn't get chopped up too much. Yep. You probably could have moved the cup game half an hour or an hour earlier. And by the time they would have finished their second, because they only play 70, uh, 35 minute halves. So by the yeah. time, like 70 minutes, and I know it doesn't sound like a big difference, 10 minutes, but it actually does finish quite early. Um, if they kick the game off at four, opposed to five, by the time they'll be finishing, you know, that would have been a half time. Less less stoppages, no no bunkers or anything like that. You would have only maybe played ten minutes with poor light, or and when it, you when you usually start a game before it even starts, you finish a game type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like it could have been potential, or they could have moved it before the New Cup game. I'm just like someone should have known, but it doesn't hold the best light. If they're going to use that as an excuse of not playing, like it, I don't know, I just thought it was pretty poor. I just yeah, feel sorry for like, the boys of the flag. They haven't played. Remember, they haven't played in a couple of years, like a full season. They can't have games being missed now because of a light issue. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that game gets made up because the Bulldogs play Friday at Belmore Sports Ground. You, you, you get Jersey that flag. in there. Um, yeah, you get that in reserve grade in the junior reps. No, I, I get that and I, and I also prioritised and, you know, you got to prioritise your cup and look after your cup because that's the next level. But after a couple of years, they've had to, you know, not play flag or even Lusa's cup being, you know, cancelled. Yeah. And the season ended because of COVID because you couldn't keep them in a bubble. It's just, you know, they've, they're finally getting a full year of football. It looks like nothing's going to stop them now. And then you've got a game cancelled because of the light. Like mm. I'm just thinking, putting my myself in a a player's perspective, like you don't want to miss any more games now. You've missed enough the last two years. You don't want. To yeah, but it's probably light. different set of players as well. Yes, but uh, there would be some who'll be different. But I'm t- but they would have came from New South Wales, or they would have came from like Harold's Mats. They would have came from New South's local competitions, which would have been cancelled anyway. Like just because the flag wasn't cancelled, the junior, the the sports clubs, the local clubs were cancelled as well. So it didn't even matter if they weren't playing for the Bulldogs or not, still cancelled. And I, I don't know. I just feel you know sorry for them. Mm. I just wanted to play, play some football. That's my little right. rant on 
New South Rugby League, by the way. Alrighty. So do we have uh, Old Dog this week, or what do we got no, next? No, no, no. That's that's pretty much it. We had to record early because I'm away and I come back before Belmore. Yeah, well, that's it. Hopefully a big crowd comes out to Belmore. We'll see you all guys next week. Uh, I'll be there for both games, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, looking forward to sitting up there and watching the game. So hopefully we see you guys out there. Let's go for a double, eh?